Rockets rumors dominating the NBA landscape. Plus, Milwaukee remakes their team overnight. What's it mean for Giannis's future? And the schedule sort of kind of gets released. We're going to talk about it here on a Wednesday Locked On NBA. Let's go. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, welcome back to the Locked On NBA Podcast. Hope you've enjoyed the week of Locked On Mock Draft. That was a lot of fun. Five days worth of realistic, like almost as if the draft was happening coverage. Jake, that was, I, I mean, look, I'm not just saying it because we're on the network. This was awesome. No, th- that is legitimately one of my favorite things that we do. Look, I'm, this is not a knock on national people. They know their stuff. You have some really good draft experts who know everything, but you know who knows their team incredibly well? The beat writers, the guys who cover them every single day. You want to know what a team might do? Not what you think a team might do, but probably what a team might do. It's all of us who cover this team five days a week, by the way, with no paywall or anything like that. Yep. Listening, you know, to, to get our shows. We know these teams inside out. That's why we cover them on a daily basis. So to get all of these guys, and all these people and put them together and do a mock draft with their realistic like expectations and thoughts on it. I don't know if you get better draft coverage anywhere than that. No, it's totally unique. You get different people who cover the teams who are making the picks rather than one person making picks for every team. Totally unique. It's it's a great thing. So go back and listen to those. But we are back on our NBA grind. I'm John Corrales, host of the Lockdown Celtics podcast. You can find me on Twitter at RedsArmy underscore John. And I'm Jake Madison, host of the Locked On Pelicans podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Nola Jake. Now you know who we are, and here is who's paying us. It's Built Bar. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, and they are sponsoring today's show. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code Locked On. You'll get 20% off your next order. So with all of that draft coverage over the past few days, we are now easing into the beginning <laughs> of NBA, just slowly, easing in, quietly, right? Jake, just e- easing, easing on in. To the NBA offseason. Jumping off the, into the deep end and falling like 20 <laughs> feet down underwater. It's like somebody pushed you off one of those cliffs. <laughs> You're flailing on your way down. Uh, we'll talk about the big Giannis. Uh, I keep saying the Giannis trade because that's in fact what I feel like it is it for is, the Milwaukee Bucks. No, it is. You can say that. We'll, we'll talk about the Milwaukee Bucks trades in the next seg- segment. Obviously, Jake covering the Pelicans knows a lot about Drew Holiday. So stick around for that. But we got to start in segment one with the Houston Rockets and just madness, <laughs> chaos in in Houston. So we know Russell Westbrook has basically said that he wanted out. James Harden now is saying that he wants out. Uh, he is being very specific about wanting to go to Brooklyn. And this is creating its own kind of drama in and of itself. Uh, so hard to figure out where to start here, but let's just start with James Harden because that's really the, the big meat of this. Woj says that he expects Harden to go into training camp as a member of the Houston Rockets. What do you think, Jake? Do you think he does? When do you think James Harden can actually get traded here? It's a good question. Uh, I think the trades these past two days with Chris Paul and Drew Holiday probably give the Houston Rockets a little bit more leverage than they probably would have had otherwise. So you're, you're welcome. Um, <laughs> but it, this is a mess, dude. Like, uh, yeah, 
you, you, they should trade him. I think they, I know they're, they're playing this hardball of we don't want to trade him, but you said you're not sure where we should start. You start at the top with Tillman Fertitta. Yeah. And the way he's almost burned this Houston Rockets team to the ground, man. Like, he, I, I just have nothing. To, I, I've watched this from afar now. I've laughed at it a little bit, but it also kind of makes me sad that you had this team that was so willing to go toe to toe with the Golden State Warriors and the dynasty that they were, and they weren't backing down. And in a league where that's kind of rare, and teams want to try and outweigh or wait out that window to find their own window, the Rockets just went all in for it and came really damn close to beating them and making the NBA finals at the very least where they probably would have won and in a matter of like two weeks three weeks four weeks that has all been burned to the ground Mm -hmm. because Tillman Fertitta is cheap he's cheap he's broke he's I he basically I don't know how many people really understand how he bought the team he put out bonds on his businesses and borrowed 250 million dollars from the guy he was buying the team from to buy the team then People need to understand that his business is casinos and restaurants, the two most hard-hit businesses in this pandemic. He is in serious trouble. You say he burned it down to the ground. I picture him as like Hank Scorpio in The Simpsons with that flamethrower laughing as the whole thing is going down because he's insane. Yeah. There's there's the rumor that came out today that he wants them out of the luxury tax. He wants to reduce yep. payroll. You had a chance to maybe win a title, man. Like you're going to get a weird season this coming year. If you're ever going to have an opportunity for things to be more wide open, it's probably these past two. Now they flamed out in the playoffs in the bubble, whatever. Still, like still, you know, you had all of these things and things have soured. Like this originally was like, okay, Maury's gone, but Harden's still on board. And then that changed fast. Yeah. And he wants out and he wants to go to one team. We don't need to talk about the fit with the Nets right now. Like the, if it goes there, they'll make that work and they will be a good enough team. Like, I'm not really worried about that when you put that much talent on there. But the fact that he is ready to go what appears to be like Anthony Davis scorched earth on this Houston Rockets team, you can tolerate that for a little bit. But it does hit a point where you're like, we just can't deal with this anymore. You're going to get there sooner rather than later. So you may as well whip, rip the bandaid up. This ends with James Harden out of Houston. Sure. Just trade him. It absolutely does. However, I'm I'm gonna say it's 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 not exactly like the Anthony Davis thing. He might try to make it like the Anthony Davis thing, but there is a big, huge difference where the Lakers could have just signed Anthony Davis. They could have, and Anthony Davis was on his way out anyway. He his contract was was up. James Harden has two more years left on his deal. In fact, Harden and Westbrook are on basically the exact same contract. Two more years at $40-plus plus million a third-year player option at $47 million, which they're certainly going to opt into. They have no leverage. Harden can sit there and say, well, fine, I'm not going to play for you. What happens if Harden says you're not going to play for him? Okay, you fine him. You want, you want to drop a hammer on him? Void his contract. They would never do it. But if you never. voided his contract right now, seriously, and again, they will never do this. But if they were to, where would he go? He's making $42 million this year. Where is he going to go? He can't go to the Nets. They don't have money to sign him. Is he going to go there for so, the mid-level? They're, they're not going to do that. That's too much of a game of chicken to let him leave for nothing. Right. And the but Houston what I'm saying Rockets is, that don't have... 
I'm sorry, but what I'm saying is he doesn't have the leverage to say, well, I'm going to, I'm going to force my way out. The Rockets in a uh, piece on ESPN said they are willing to get uncomfortable and bring Westbrook and Harden back. If they're sitting there willing to be uncomfortable and let those guys flounder, then let them flounder. You're only hurting yourself as a player. You've got to go out. You've got to play well. You've got to play the game or else you're the one that looks like an idiot. Hey, man, they've got sponsorships. They've got endorsements. I, I, I saw got- with Anthony Davis. He mailed in half of a year. It didn't matter. Yeah. They, they have more. This is this is a pretty similar time frame. Yes, he's got two more years. But when Anthony Davis tried to force his way out, it was a year and a half. It's not that much of a difference. It's part of a season. He probably should have waited a little bit to try and do this play. But at the same point that the people that are going to blink are going to be the Houston Rockets. They have future assets. If they're going to lose him, you can't let him leave for nothing because they've got nothing after that. I still that is think a long rebuild. I still think you can take it into the season. I don't think there's any rush to do it right now. I'm no, not no, saying drag so it out two fair. years. I'm saying you can take it into the season. Sure. You know, I'll, I'll give you that. Yeah, like sure, you you could start the year with it, but this can get messy really, really quickly. And I think they kind of want to avoid that. This is also a great way to alienate fans with a player acting like this. I don't think there's anything that upsets fans of a team more in my time covering this league, which is a decade now, than when a player gets kind of petulant like this, wants out. They turn on you, and they're going to turn on the franchise for it. I saw, I saw it here. Yeah. It, it, that is an ugly thing. And if you're an owner who's bleeding money elsewhere, can you really afford to lose the support of the fans that basically fund everything? You, you can't. I think Harden has way more leverage in this situation than most people do, partially because of Fertitta. You could say, I read that, that same thing of them being like, oh, we're willing to make this be uncomfortable. I also saw the same report that said they're willing to buy a first round pick. BS. Yeah. No, they're not. <laughs> they don't have the money for it. Right. You want to bet that in any trade for James Harden, the net, the Nets, cause that's where he's going to go, is going to send back the maximum amount of cash that they can send out in this trade to the Houston Rockets. I look, I Put think that one on the board. <laughs> I think, I think that I still think the Houston Rockets have the Nets kind of... I still think they have leverage over the Nets. The Nets don't have the cap space. Some. some. They don't... Right. They still, But they, it's not like... It's not like what happened in New Orleans where... Sure. Because at that point, he'll just go to his preferred destination. Right. They'll use the cap space to sign him and... Right. And no, Harden's like no not, problem. Fully, fully agree. Harden's not leaving right now. He's not leaving for two, three years. Okay, now don't drag it out. Obviously, don't drag it out. But you can you can pull him into a room and be like, "All right, we got to play nice. We you want it? You want to do this? We've got to play nice, and you got to help us out here." And so that's that's gonna be that's gonna be their their approach. And you you go to Brooklyn and be like, "Look, you're you're stuck. You can't lowball us. You're stuck. We can trade him to someplace else, and wherever we trade him." That place will have him under contract for three years, and he's going to have to deal with it. So they, this means that the Nets will just give up a lot, like the Lakers gave up a lot for Anthony Davis. That's exactly the, it. The, the, that's the, exactly the play. The, and that's fine. That's fine. Th- that, I agree with, is what's going to end up happening. This is not where you're going to get him for like pennies on the dollar. You're going to have to give up a lot and maybe even acquire other assets to get him. Still doesn't mean that he doesn't end up there sooner, probably rather than than later. Is my opinion. I mean, he the could end up there thing this about season. About this, by the way. Sure. Sorry. The, did you see the rumor of Russell Westbrook for John Wall? <laughs> <laughs> I 
Yes, I do. You know where I'm going with this? I tweeted this. This is the cheapest move I've ever seen. Yeah. The, the, the Rockets want John Wall and you want to bet that they don't want John Wall to play a minute for the team and just be injured because your top five contracts are covered by insurance. And if those guys suffer, suffer season ending injuries, you don't pay their salary. The insurance pays it. That is the only reason that a Russell Westbrook for John Wall trade makes sense for the Rockets. That Tillman Fertitta oh would not need to pay John Wall. This is a thing. No, it's true. I didn't even think of it. This is genius. When I, when I saw that, how does that make – I'm like almost angry about this. You see me on Zoom here that I'm ready to like yell and yeah. swear and I'm doing my best not to. How does this make any sense for the Houston Rockets? Westbrook for Wall. It doesn't. It doesn't like at none. all. Except, Except Wall's contract might be covered by insurance. Yo, you are a hundred percent correct on we that. You should have a sound effect. You're a hundred percent right. Point. I didn't even think about that, and that is a hundred percent true. And I'm sure, I am sure that Fertitta is going to be like, yeah, if I don't have to pay him forty million, that, that he, oh my god, that's brilliant. Yeah, it's brilliant. Look, it's a good business move on Fertitta's part, to be perfectly honest. Wow. Wow. Well, I, I can't top that at all. That's, that's, that We're makes so much sense Jake now Madison that I, over here. I think that's going to happen. I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if that happens. I mean, it depends on Washington, but like, it, it, it doesn't make sense for either, either team. But I guess Washington no, gets a guy who. Does. I, I don't hate I don't hate it for the Wizards somewhat because like what are they supposed to do? Right. But but man, for the Rockets, like what? Yeah. Other than yeah, you don't have to you don't have to pay that money. Oh my god. Well, alright. That's a good place to end it because that's <laughs> that's a hell of a, a bomb to drop. Uh, once again, you're listening to this show on Wednesday, and Wednesday night is the draft, and the Locked On Podcast Network is gonna have live draft coverage so not only do we have this big mock draft that we talked about earlier that you've got to go back and listen to draft night is live on youtube facebook twitch and locked on live it's the only place you can find the goat chad ford and uh he'll be joined by brad roland of locked on hawks david Locke, the founder of the network for the most in-depth coverage of the nba draft featuring analysis from jeremy Wu of sports illustrated so go follow locked on live on twitter on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitch, and get alerts as soon as they go live. This is going to be the best draft coverage that you're going to find. Now, the best protein bar that you're going to find is at Built Bar. I love them. I know Jake loves them. There are 18 great flavors. If you've got a nut allergy, there are plenty of flavors just for you. They're covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft. They're easy to chew. They are just flat out delicious and healthy. How many times are you going to find that combination? If you're looking to lose or maintain weight, you can still indulge because these are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. Great if you're on a keto diet. They're worth checking out and you can get a nice discount checking them out right now. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get 20% off your next order. I've done it. Jake's done it. Paying our own money to do this. Multiple times. Multiple times. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get 20% off your next order. The Milwaukee Bucks are looking good right now after a 
big swing and trade for Drew Holiday of the New Orleans Pelicans in a deal that involved Eric Bledsoe, George Hill, and up to five draft picks, potentially, including the pick swaps. Then they turned around and they picked up Bogdan Bogdanovich, a trade that's not going to be consummated quite yet because it involves a sign and trade, and uh, DJ Wilson, Ursan Eliasova, and uh, Dante DiVincenzo. So, on the surface, it looks like if I sat there and, and said to you, hey, the Milwaukee Bucks are going to make a big splash by trading those five players, five draft picks, and they're going to get Bogdan Bogdanovich and Drew Holiday, what's your reaction to that? Yeah, they've got a commit commitment for Giannis that he's signing some sort of extension, right. maybe not the full on super max, maybe not for the max amount of years. You don't make these moves unless you feel pretty confident that Giannis is staying or you're just that desperate. Could be also maybe a mix of both to some degree. Could be. You just can't risk it. And you know that if you do something like this, it's going to make it really tough for him to say no. Either way, yeah, Milwaukee had to do this. Both of these moves. Yeah. Uh, you know, from the Pelican side of things, I don't think we need to say much other than all of those picks. To, uh, you know, the 24th pick in tonight's draft, a 2025 unprotected pick and a 2027 unprotected pick, plus pick swaps in between. Basically, that could outlive or outkick the Giannis contract, meaning when the Bucks are bad, if he doesn't stay there for four or five years, um, these picks could be very, very good. And so I like the deal for New Orleans, but... Frankly, I love it for the the Bucks. You get a great two-way player in Drew Holiday, a guy who can create a little bit too, who's a sound defender that in the playoffs when they pack the paint can at least have an outside shot that opens things up somewhat to a degree as well. Uh, and if you're Milwaukee, you're a small market. You play by different rules than the rest of the teams do, unfortunately, in a negative way. You've got to do something like this. Like, what else were they supposed to do? Right. You've got to mortgage the future to keep a two-time MVP candidate there if you can. Yeah, I mean... How many times does Giannis Antetokounmpo come rolling through town? And, you know, not at all. He only came through town because of some wild circumstances of, first of all, being small and skinny and being called Bambi because he was so gangly. And he was the 13th overall pick because he, yep. you know, he was playing over in Greece in these little crappy gyms that I know exactly how small and crappy that they are. <laughs> that is not a place where you expect a future two-time MVP, maybe more-time MVP to come out of. And so a lot of teams passed on him because they they didn't think they were passing on him. They thought that he was just not good enough. Yep. So so Milwaukee lucks out. And yeah, it, you look at it and you say, well, wow, they mortgaged their future. Those picks really are meaningless. And, and to me, if you get to a point at the end of his contract – and you say, oh, man, he's going to leave. Well, if you if you feel that he's going to leave and the indications are that he's going to leave, well, then you turn around and flip him to restock him. your draft picks. So, yep. yeah, your, your draft pick's going to be great and it's going to go to New Orleans, but you're going to flip Giannis to somebody else and get that haul of draft picks back from somebody so you can restock that war chest at some point if that becomes the case. So, yeah. You mortgage that future for right now. You open up a smaller window. But if it means Giannis, and like I said before, I keep calling it the Giannis trade. But it is. This is a trade for both Drew Holiday and Giannis. It, you make this if you is. think Giannis is going to resign. So you can say it's those three first round picks plus Eric Bledsoe and George Hill. 
for Giannis and Drew Holiday, and you make that deal every single time. That's it's that's, as simple as that. That's exactly it. That's exactly it. The Lakers don't have to make that deal, although they kind of did. But like most teams don't have to make. It's not this- the same desperation. It's a small market. Like I said, you play by different rules. Exactly. Exactly. It, 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 it's unfortunate. It's unfair. It's just the nature of the league. You've got to accept that. And then adding some insurance in with, with Bogdanovich, a guy that is actually pretty good in clutch situations, by the way, yeah. and did well with the Kings last year, that if things do go kind of wrong for you in the playoffs, you have way more options than just Giannis. Yep. They're probably thrilled to see Bledsoe leave, who did not do well <laughs> in the playoffs for them. Same with Chris Middleton. Now Middleton's the third or fourth option in, in crunch time in the playoffs. That's not a bad position to be in all of a sudden. I feel like they're all going to help each other a bit yeah. because you now add um, Bogdanovich, who, who's not quite like George Hill hits at a higher percentage, but he only took three pointers 13% of the time he was on the floor. Bogdanovich shoots them at 25% of the time he's on the floor and he shoots them at 37, 38%. That's on the, on the Kings. Now yep. put him on a team with Giannis and Middleton, uh, you know, Giannis driving and Middleton spacing the floor. And how many more wide open catch and shoots is he going to get to bump that percentage up to 39 or 40 himself? Like, I think that's how it's going to go. And that threat is what's going to open up some things. Like you can't build that same wall against Giannis when he's got those types of shooters. And even Drew Holiday. I know his shooting is tailed off, but earlier in his career... He's a good catch-and-shoot and, and spot-up guy. He's not good off the dribble, but he's good in those situations. Right. So, that's fine. That's what you need. That's exactly you it. Know, he works well off-ball, so you don't need to have the ball in his hands, so he doesn't need to be playing point guard for you as much. He's a lockdown defender, two-time all-defensive team. Should have been on probably a third time this past year, in my opinion. Like, this is good. Look, they they overpaid for Drew Holiday. I'm very confident in saying oh, that. Yeah. The Pelicans took advantage of how desperate they were. We heard some of the rumors from the Miami Heat. It was going to be a first-round pick and Kendrick Nunn kind of at the best. It was going to be Will Barton, Gary Harrison, a first-round pick from the Nuggets. It was Danny Green, Kyle Kuzma, and 28 from the Lakers. This is a way better package than all of those. And this is the only team that was probably going to pay all of that. We heard some of the Celtics rumors and things like that, too, where they offered three first-round picks and Gordon Hayward, but I don't want to take on that Hayward money. Plus, I don't want three, four first-round picks in this kind of mediocre draft. This is probably the best deal the Pelicans were going to get, and they kind of took advantage of a desperate team. That's how you do it, man. That This is yeah, how and good it's fine. GMs And Milwaukee's operate. happy being desperate and overpaying for the dude. That's it. Like, Milwaukee, in in a vacuum, that deal that I said at the top of the segment is a terrible deal. Those five yes. players, I'll give you those five picks, if I were to just say, this is what you're giving up and you're getting in return Drew Holiday and Bogdan Bogdanovich, you'd be like, that's that's a horrible deal. Shoot the GM that it's did not that. good. You, you, you overpaid a lot. By a lot. But with this scenario, if it means keeping Giannis and what it what it does for that team, you say, yeah, it's it's an overpay. But it's a willing overpay. Now, I'm looking at this from the Boston perspective as well as, like, not just, oh, Milwaukee's going to, you know, keep Giannis and stay ahead of Boston. Celtics have a GM in Danny Ainge that doesn't necessarily go for the overpay when he's had these opportunities. And, like, it, it just speaks to, like, sometimes you, you might have to just, hey, look, you know what? I'm, I'm pushing these chips in. 
These cards, yeah, these cards are too good right now. I need to, I need to play this hand. It, sometimes you overpay for what you want. That happens in real life. Like <laughs> it, it's just kind of how it goes. Also, by the way, you remember that time that Chris Paul was traded from the Thunder to the uh, Suns? That feels like it happened a month ago. <laughs> that was also that was also Monday. We're talking about all the these day. deals, like all this craziness. That was the first one, and it feels like seriously, like it was just it was a couple hours before Drew Holiday got traded, and it feels like a month ago. Yeah, yeah. It's like oh, by the way, you re- hey, you remember that Chris Paul trade? Like, um, oh yeah. Kinda. Kinda, sorta. Kinda, Where'd he go that. again? I forget. <laughs> uh, good trade for the Suns. I like it. Also, good job for the Oklahoma City Thunder. I mean, seriously, we're at a point now where the Thunder and the Pelicans are like a, a couple of trades away from owning an entire first draft and just That's alternating picks. Now, you've got to do something with all of those picks. I'll give you that. But as we mentioned, small markets kind of play by different rules. One of those is you don't get guys in free agency. So if you want to acquire a star, you've got to do it through a trade and you're going to need a ton of draft picks for it. Yep. OKC has 16 over the next it's, five it's a drafts, ridiculous seven number. drafts. You have, have 13 over the next eight. I think there, there are three things that that could, that could play into and we'll wrap up the segment that one is you can obviously draft your next star. You throw can, enough mud at the wall and hope some of it sticks. And if you have more mud at the wall, the greater the chance that something right. sticks. The second is you can trade them to somebody for a star who's maybe looking to blow it up. And you've got a disgruntled guy like a James Harden. I don't know. But guys like that come around. You've got a bunch of picks. Maybe you can use that to trade. Um, and then the third thing is, and this is an underrated thing when when you're hoarding draft picks, is when you do have, and I think this is the New Orleans situation. You have a potential star in Zion. You have some pieces around him. Eventually, that team is going to get expensive. Expensive. But you have... It's about to be. They're about to give Brandon Ingram a, a max deal. Right. So, you're eventually... And, and you know, Zion's making pretty good money already because of, you know, the, the, the tiers and everything. So, he's going to get a ton of money later on. But when you've got these draft picks, you now have the potential... To keep that championship window open by adding secondary talent that can help the team controlled on rookie contracts. And when you can have your stars making your max deals and you can have these younger guys filling in key roles on rookie deals, you can really extend that, that window yep. out. So it's great. It's great roster building. So a couple of great GMs. Well, we're talking about all these players moving. They have to play games at some point, and we finally got at least the structure of a schedule. We'll see what the NBA plans to do in an interesting way that they're going to release part of the schedule, only part of it, next. We're all waiting around to see when our teams are going to play. Camps are going to open in a couple of weeks. And preseason games probably be happening within like three weeks or so. Basketball is coming back in a hurry. And we don't know when teams are going to play. And on Tuesday, we got word from the NBA of a structure of the season. And... They're going to release the schedule in two halves. So let's just get the tentative schedule is 
December 11th through 19th will be preseason games. December 22nd through March 4th will be the first half of the regular season. There will be an all-star break March 5th through 10th with no all-star game. March 11th through May 16th will be the second half of the regular season. A play-in tournament May 18th through the 21st where the 7th and 8th seed play each other and the 9th and 10th seed play each other. The 7th seed, whoever wins that 7th and 8th game becomes the 7th seed. Whoever wins that 9-10 game plays the loser of that first game, and the winner of that becomes the 8th seed. That's the play-in tournament. Very simple. And then playoffs are scheduled to start on May 22nd. Jake, it is very interesting to me that the league will not release the second half portion of the schedule until the first half is already being played. The first half of the schedule will be released at some point in the next couple of weeks, and then we're going to play a schedule without knowing what the second half of the schedule is going to be. Look, they're just acknowledging the reality of the situation. They're looking at the NFL. They're looking particularly at college football and realizing if they're going to have a ton of travel here, and I'll get into a rant on something in a second, like hmm. it, it is what it is. You know, they're, they're concerned about money. I understand why they're concerned about money and it kind of, they're just accepting the reality of the situation, I think. And it sucks that we have to accept this reality of it being this situation is maybe the best way to put it. But like, yeah, like, you know, other than redoing the way the schedule is, and I have gripes with the way they've kind of released this matrix, kind of seeing how things are going to go. Like, why do we have interconference games? I think is a big problem I have with all of this. The league is putting profit first. And look, they're a for-profit organization. What are they supposed to do, you know, necessarily in a situation like this? And it's them just being like, people are going to catch it. Players are going to get it. It's going to mean games get postponed, canceled. We need to make those up. This isn't like college football where, you know, you can have teams playing an unbalanced schedule, a different number of games. It doesn't work here with that sort of thing. And they want to keep it as competitively fair as possible. And that's going to be the only way to do it. So here we are. Yep. This is the reality. This is very unlike the hyper-controlled bubble environment, which was very costly and was very taxing on players. Neither side was going to do that again. So both sides have now kind of come to this place where everybody's basically going to acknowledge that we're probably going to have positive tests. And this is going to be, uh, they're, they're going to have to deal with the results of those tests. Like you said, the cancellation, like we can't have the second half of the schedule because we need to see how bad the first half goes. You've got to build it. You saw the NFL didn't kind of build this in, in your like, wh why wouldn't they have done a universal bye week? Let's say where teams make up games that were postponed and then we can kind of keep going. And it would be a whole lot smoother if you did things like that. The NBA is kind of building that in to some degree, I think, so that the problem is you just play so many more games. You don't know how many games you're going to get canceled. You can maybe project it in the NFL at one per team, let's say, and we'll be able to make those up very easily. Harder to do in the NBA, so they need to kind of only do this at times. Also, look at the world around us. Yeah. Maybe you do need to switch to a bubble at some point. And you know what? This allows them to do that a whole lot easier than it would be any other way. So there's kind of contingencies built into this, but let's make no mistake. They're putting money ahead of everything. Yep. There's no need 
to have West first East games this season, but every team is going to play home and away with the team in uh, teams in the opposite conference. There's no need for that. Other than you want interest around the league to be high. If you have teams play eight division games against each opponent, by the sixth and seventh, you're probably going to start tuning out of those things and not watching them. So the league won't do that, even though it makes way more sense from a COVID perspective. It's okay. I don't mind them putting profit first necessarily. Again, they're, they're, they're not a nonprofit. They're a for-profit organization. And when their backs are against a wall because of how things have gone with this pandemic, what are they supposed to do? And it just, it, it looks dumb. We can rail at them against it, but it's the rea- like it's the reality of the right. situation. I just kind of like it's like the shrug emoji to me. Like I, I don't know what you want me to say on this sort of thing, other than like, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, which is an awful thing to say about this. It's yes, I, and it, I think it highlights just how how bad things have gotten. Yeah, it, it's like you you should, we should never have been to this point. No, we are, and they're going to try and make the best of it and do what's in their best interest. Even if that's not in the best interest of the players, the fans, and a ton of other people. Well, I mean, like me and you who are, you know, I mean, am I going to be in this building to cover these guys? I mean, if I'm going to do my job and I'm allowed in that building, I got to take my precautions and go into that building and and watch these games and cover this team. I mean, cover these games. So, but I don't know. It It feels like everything that I want to say is just going to be angry and shaking my fist that something like it's it's not going to change it's i'm not going to change anybody's mind they probably shouldn't be doing it this way but both sides have a ton of money at stake neither side wants to give up their that money and they probably sitting there watching baseball players and football players and everybody get covid and be like well there's like most of them are okay, even though a pitcher for the Red Sox de- developed a heart condition and missed the entire season. But they're you, probably sitting there like these guys at risk so that you could avoid in some capacity, except money's overriding it and it's a risk you're willing to take. Right. Right. They probably see rapid testing is is here. You could probably feel good about the rapid tests and you know, you can get the results quickly and you can contain things a little bit better and and maybe a vaccine is coming. The Golden State Warriors said they're going to try and like rapid test every fan so they can put 10,000 people in there. Yeah. That's, that's like maybe you can do it safely. Look, I, I don't know the specifics. I don't want to rush to judgment on some of this stuff, but that sounds that I don't know, wild to me in, uh, in a good and bad way at the same time. Yeah. Well, I mean, that basketball's back, baby. Basketball's back. You know, <laughs> we're, we're the games are going to start. And, you know, in, in a month from now, the show goes on, right? Like that's kind of what the definite, like it's, that's what this is. Like people will get hurt in some capacity or sick, I guess is maybe a better word. And like, it's big, the league and the sport is, I guess, in a sense, bigger than all of that. Like, I, I don't know if that's the right phrasing for it, but to some degree, that's kind of what they're saying here. The entertainment of people is more important and the money coming in is more important then the risk of a player getting sick, not a guarantee that a right. player is going to get sick. Right. I just, I, I just hope, I hope that they're right. I hope that the the rapid testing stuff works. I hope that anybody, like it, there's, this is going to be the inevitable. There are going to be inevitably people who catch it, um, and hopefully that gets contained and and they are okay. And you know, what else can I say? Hopefully this works. Yeah. 
and hopefully there's no no big major shutdown and you know every everything goes okay i don't think it's a very smart way to do it but you know it, that's me yeah exactly show must go on kind of thing that's i it. think is a good way to kind of sum it up and this show must end because that's how much time we've taken We've we've taken- also if we keep going, there's going to be like breaking news, and we're going to have to do a fourth segment. <laughs> I want all of the GMs. We're doing this late enough. <laughs> I got my eye on Twitter. I don't see anything crazy going on. Everybody, go to go to sleep. Go to sleep. It, it is it's not that important. Ten thirty Eastern right now when we're recording this. <laughs> if something breaks after, you can't blame us. Go to sleep um, if it's not in the show right now. Get ready for the draft. <laughs> Don't make any crazy Go trades. Have a big day ahead of you tomorrow. Yes. Let tomorrow show talk about it. We're done here. Yeah, there we go. I'm John Corrales. I'm the host of the Lockdown Celtics podcast. You find me on Twitter at Reds Army underscore John. And I'm Jake Madison, host of the Lockdown Pelicans podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Nola Jake. Remember, Wednesday night is draft night and go to Locked On Live. Search for Locked On Live on YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, Facebook. Go ahead and check it out. It's going to be a big live broadcast. David Locke, Brad Roland, Chad Ford, the greatest of all time of draft analysis. There's no better. Like the the man when it comes to draft analysis. Absolutely. Exclusively part of the Locked On Podcast. He's part of the network. We got, we got to go on the network. Jeremy Wu with Sports Illustrated. It's all tonight live so go subscribe to Locked On Live. Go check it out. Subscribe to Locked On NBA. Subscribe to your lo- favorite Locked On local favorite team, Cel- Celtics, Pelicans, whichever Rockets. We talked about the Rockets a lot. Thunder, all of those podcasts. They're all great. Subscribe to them all. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time here in the Locked On NBA podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. <laughs>